All right, this ain't going to be a fun trip. Let me see if this old car will start up. God dang it. Truck won't even start. How am I supposed to get these groceries now? Hey, I might be able to help you. Have you ever heard of Instacart? Oh, what the hell is Instacart? Instacart's awesome. You can get anything you'd like from the grocery store. They pick the freshest produce. They keep your eggs safe. Basically, all those problems that are your problems right now just became not your problem. Oh, that sounds pretty damn good. What is this Instacart? How do I find it? It's really simple. You just download the app. Well, I could download it on my phone right here. Oh, absolutely. And uh, when you get the app, they have multiple stores available, so it'll be really quick and easy. You should give it a try. So you mean to tell me I can go back inside right now in the warm comfort of my own damn home and don't have to worry about going to get these groceries? You don't got to worry about it one bit. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You want to come in and have a beer? Hey, by the way, how the hell did you get in my car? Your trunk was open. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the link in the show notes. Let's Instacart know we sent you, and it helps support our show. And guess what? Free delivery on your first order over $35. Bro, I haven't been sleeping well lately. My bed is so uncomfortable. My bed sheets are stiff, and my comforter is old and busted. It makes me want to just lay down right here and sleep. You can't sleep. We have a podcast to record. Why don't you just go to Buffy and order some new sheets and a comforter? What's Buffy? Buffy offers a range of bedding products, includes the world's softest and coolest comforters, duvet covers, and sheets. They ship for free. They don't charge you unless you decide to keep what you ordered and have free returns if you decide to send it back. Really? Yeah, check this out. Filled with breathable 100% eucalyptus fiber. Temperature regulating so you don't kick your comforter to the floor. Super soft eucalyptus fabric that's naturally softer and more earth-friendly than cotton. Cruelty-free, each can, each comforter protects 12 geese from live plucking. Did you know they pluck geese? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's live. pretty messed up. Hypoallergenic, resistant to dust, mites, and mold. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Keeps you cool and comfy all night. Try Buffy products in your home for free. You'll only be charged if you choose to keep them. Free shipping and returns. It ships via certified carbon-neutral shipping. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't even know what that is, but it sounds earth-friendly. It sounds earth-friendly, and JP and E. Willie, the Truth Theory Podcast is earth-friendly. Absolutely. I'm going to spruce up the old bed right now so I can get some good, comfortable sleep. Following the link in the show notes lets Buffy know we sent you and helps support our show. Go get comfortable now. JP, we just did a cool episode with Mr. Pat Militage, the MMA legend. Pretty interesting stuff. We got to talk about some cool conspiracies. Yeah, I like that guy. He's a down-to-earth guy, and he um, he opened up about some stuff that I didn't think that he was going to really dig into. But, yeah, I, I like like what he had to say. Yeah, we touched on Freemasonry, uh, the the false flag of the Vegas shooting. Um, coronavirus. Coronavirus, Project Blue Beam. A lot of – we went all over the place with this episode. Emerald Tablets. Emerald Tablets, uh, the Anunnaki. Yeah. That's uh, some exciting stuff. We got a lot of – he gave us some cool homework. You'll hear it at the end of the podcast. Uh, I suggest you do it as well. We're going to dive into that and learn more about the Anunnaki and the tablets. Yeah. That it's one a, really sparked my interest. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm going to look into that a lot. Mr. Uh, Billy Corson, uh, if you hear this, I'm trying to get a hold of you to book you on this podcast. <laughs> we want to get you on here and educate us about the Anunnaki. Yeah. Man, you know what I just realized is we didn't get a chance to do your what's happening News segment with uh, Pat on the line. 
Pat actually filled in for um, our guest tonight who had to pull out for an emergency situation. We'll have him back on soon. Uh, so we owe Pat Militage a, a big thank you for filling in last minute. And it literally was last minute. So let's go to what's happening with JP. It's what's happening with JP. Tell us what's happening. Yeah, so what's going on in the world today? Um, let's start with... Tell us, JP. Tell us, tell us, <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us. Let's start with the lightheartedness of the coronavirus. They're, the lightheartedness of the Yeah, kind of. Um, I don't think there's anything lighthearted about it, JP. Guess how many people have survived this already? No one. Everyone's dying all around no. us. 50,000 people and including survived survived then what is everybody making a big deal about Uh, i don't know it's It's a market to sell those face masks i don't know probably (laughs) and lysol you know you can personalize those to make them look like your face dude we need to get some i want to get one of your face and you get one of my face (laughs) (laughs) that will show that we are true brotherhood loyalty to the podcast it'll be scary if they didn't really look all that different I mean, yeah. I've never had a beard, but yeah, we do look very different <laughs> in the face, though, man. You, yeah. I got the Norwegian Santa Claus face, and you got a kind of a almost kind of a Native American looking face, half breed mutt. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but you said it. <laughs> a half breed mutt, Mexican Indian. What What else do you have in you? Uh, European. Of some Everybody's sort. got European. Know, man. Yeah, it's freaking it's invaded the damn country. White people come from. Yeah, damn white people. But yeah, um, I think they say I was twenty percent Native American, but they classify the Mexicans with the Native Americans. So true that. I don't know what that says. Mexicans, I believe this is going to sound super bro science, but Mexicans came from Spanish and Native Americans, which came the word mix, which came to Mex to Mexicans. Did, mm-hmm. did you ever know that? I mean, it makes sense. Uh, if I'm right about that, I feel really good about it, but. If I'm wrong, call me out. Ignit, bro, you ignit. Yeah, you ignit. <laughs> I have uh, actually, as white as I am, looking like a freaking snowman, I, I actually have Choctaw Native American in me and Spanish, but I'm mostly Norwegian and French. Womp, womp, womp. That's all right. Those are cool white people. Are they? Yeah. Are the French yeah. really that cool? Yeah, I like it. Um, also, I wanted to say, with the coronavirus thing, there was a man that survived 96 years old. 96? If he can beat it, I'm not even sweating it. Yeah, if a 96-year-old man can still tough out a coronavirus, then y'all need to just calm down and go back in your houses and watch TV. Yeah, hey, it can't be that Rot bad. your brain. Uh, what else is in the news? There was, oh, they, they cured the last case of Ebola. Ebola? That, that sucker claimed 22, over 2,200 people. I didn't realize Ebola was still going around. Yeah, in the United States or in other countries? Another country, but they 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 cleared it. The last case today, and uh, it was actually the second biggest outbreak of Ebola. So there was actually a bigger one prior to this. So does that mean Ebola is done now that it's been cured and it's gone? Mm, I wouldn't say that. Or is it still dormant somewhere, waiting to jump on somebody's neck? Oh, I'm sure they probably have it in a lab <laughs> somewhere. They're gonna yeah. cut it loose. Yeah, all this shit's weaponized, man. It's, I don't trust any of it. It's just not in the rules of war. You can't you can't do that. Yeah. People do it. But you're not supposed to. Yeah. It's dirty stuff, it's, man. It is dirty. What, so dirty. What else is happening, JP? Uh Bloomberg. Oh Bloomberg. Bloomberg. 
Who's Bloomberg? Oh, he's he's nothing to worry about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he I Bloomberg's guess, a I guess joke. he won he won zero states in the the Tuesday what do they call it? Super Tuesday or Tuesday, whatever. Stupid Tuesday. Yeah. He won zero. Guess how much he spent on his campaign? How much? Tell us, JP. Over five hundred million. Oh, that's sickening, bro. For nothing. He's stupid rich though. Which, I know, but we talked about this earlier today. Man, that money could have went to something very positive. It could yeah. have been a boys and girls hood uh, society building to help troubled kids. It could have been a giant uh, homeless shelters. They could have done so much with that shit. Yeah, they could have built could've... schools. They could have built yeah schools. Helped <laughs> help homeless. Help vets. Help yeah mental vets, illness. Man, help vets shouldn't be suffering stuff. with all the crap that they go through. Yeah. They should have that money. All these campaigns, man. Can you imagine if one political jackass actually got up there and said? You know what? This election's coming up. It's very important. I'm not going to spend a dime on promotional crap to run for this campaign. I'm going to spend it all on taking care of our vets. Every vet that we've had, any vet that's struggling, that money's going to a society that I just started. I mean, not a society, a foundation I just started, and actually take care of them. That'd be badass. Yeah. There is a there's a president in another country, and I'm not sure what country it is off my head, but he donates all of his earnings back to the country. He drives an old beater car. And all the money he makes as a president, he donates it. Damn. Find out where that is. That, that dude deserves a toast yeah. to him, bro. He's super cool. The people love him. Really? Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I mean, I'm not saying you should live dirt poor, but at the same time, like, it's always share your wealth. Share your wealth. Yeah. My uh, my mother-in-law actually thought I was a Bernie Sanders supporter the other night, which kind of made me laugh because... I'm the farthest from a Bernie, Bernie Sanders supporter. <laughs> yeah, I don't support any socialist mindset bullshit. Though. But um, yeah, if I had to vote, which I knew need to vote, sit down, everybody, because I'm gonna offend some people. Because I know there's a lot of touchy bitches out there. I would vote for Trump because I don't think he did that bad of a job. I think he's doing a pretty decent job if you stop all the the stupid hypocrisy that's out there about everyone nitpicking crap as a person himself as a, a president which is basically the leader of a company which i think america is a damn company i don't think it's a real country because most countries have kings and queens and prime ministers and all this crap and we have a president like a company so i think the whole damn thing's a giant organization yeah but that also goes back to giving the people like not giving one person all the power how long has queen elizabeth been in power Way too long. A long Who said that? time. Long time. Yeah. What if what if old Trump was in power for all that time? He'd be killed. That's what I'm saying. You gotta Nobody should have all that power. Yeah. To quote yeah. <laughs> my old friend Kanye West. <laughs> now what do you think about this? If if all the candidates if they went into the running without claiming what do you call it? Like a party? A party. They just bring what they have to the table. You don't claim a party. Made the best well, man. Or yeah, woman, that would be I like an independent. Women. Just the way they have it is just so stupid. It's an old school dated system, and the president truly doesn't have as much power as they portray it as. They're just puppets. Yeah, that's why the whole Democrat versus Republican stuff is such a waste of time, just to get everybody fighting and draw sides in a stadium with two different teams supporting two different teams. It's just a waste of time, man. It's a waste of energy. None of these people really give a shit about us we have to protect ourselves be good to each other be good to your neighbor mm -hmm. and just live your life in yeah. a positive way yeah i agree with that yeah you can't count on to... 
billionaires to take care of us. They don't give a shit about us. Say say Bernie won it, and he's Mr. All About the People. Do you think he's going to change? think he's going to fall under the stress and be like, you know, this this isn't as easy as what I thought it would be. Well, that's a really complex question, though, because him being all about the people is, is, is pure just a socialist standpoint. And socialism doesn't work if you look at Cuba and Argentina. Do any research with that. It's it's just it's been proven by many countries and many and many times that socialism just doesn't work. It's a failed a failed plan. It sounds good at first, pretty packaged, but it, it will ruin a country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just wondering if he'll change his ways and become greedy and you know get that that money starts flowing in, the power starts flowing in, and that that changes a person. Yeah. That really Another thing is the, the dude's pretty damn old, man. I don't think he has it in him to run for president right now. He can do two years, and then he could have some serious health issues, and then you, then you, your little creepy vice president will creep in there. No. God knows who that would be. I don't think Hillary would run with him, thankfully. No. But no. Biden and Hillary is, is a very strong possibility. Oof. And there's nobody on this planet that I despise more than Hillary Clinton and her husband, Bill Clinton. That's me speaking E. Willie, not JP. I don't speak for both of us. You might as well on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want people thinking that that's the truth or theory stance. But Those people are scary. Yeah, I don't trust them. They seem super evil to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, anywho, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what's happening? That's what's happening, bro. Sweet. Guys, don't forget to send us audio clips on some reviews of the episodes and um, some feedback. Um... What else, JP? What else? Where can they send that? Oh, where can they send it? You ask. Uh, Truth or theory podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Um, If you're on Instagram, go follow me and truth or theory podcast. I'm uh, at eWilly16. And what's your uh, Instagram account, JP? Don't exist. Oh, I forgot. It don't exist. I'm on the gram. Yeah. That's fine. Well, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. We enjoyed it. And it's very informative. Absolutely. Have fun and open your mind. Our guest on the episode is a retired Croatian-American mixed martial artist, legend, and a current sports commentator. He is the first UFC welterweight champion and is also known as an elite trainer and coach, having funded the militant fighting systems. This fight camp is considered one of the most successful in MMA history and has produced several world champions. In 2014, he was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. You can hear him with his co-host, Jeffrey Wilson, on their podcast, The Conspiracy Forum. Please welcome to the show our new friend, the Croatian sensation, Pat Militic. Are you ready to go into the rabbit hole? We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Quantum theory, it is the most bizarre ever proposed in the history of science. There are some of us who can leave our body. But from other dimensions, they pop in and out. The affirmative task we have now is to actually um, create a, a, a new world order. Welcome to the podcast, Pat. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah, this is a, a really cool situation for us because we had a cancellation with uh, Ian McCall last minute due to an emergency, and I uh, reached out to Pat and 
he did a solid for us and came on last minute, which is about as good as you can ask for. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's all right, man. I, I, I'm always uh, down to talk a little bit and have a good time. I am getting on a plane tomorrow at 5 a.m., flying to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Dallas to do an LFA show tomorrow night on UFC Fight Pass. So uh, you guys can tune in. Anybody that wants to watch some great LFA fights can watch tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, also, uh, uh, tell us about your podcast real quick, too, just so anybody that doesn't know can can listen in on that. Yeah, I mean, well, I co-host with Jeffrey Wilson, The Conspiracy Farm. It's The Conspiracy Farm uh, podcast, and, and they can go to theconspiracyfarm.com and listen to all of our episodes on there. But, uh, yeah, we talk conspiracies. We talk geopolitical, domestic policy stuff. We get into some pretty crazy stuff, ancient civilizations, of course, and, you know, a lot of other stuff, nothing Nothing about being chased through the woods by three-titted Bigfoots or anything, you know, so. <laughs> but, yeah, we have, we have a good time with it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed the past four and some odd years of, of working with Jeff. We've done, uh, done some great shows, and so we're having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, obviously, some very serious subject matter, of course, too. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I enjoy listening to it. Um, I'm definitely a regular on it. Regular listener, that is. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Let's see. I'm just going to make that an how adjustment. Long have you guys, how long have you guys been going now? Oh, two months. The, the very beginning of January is when we started. I love the name of it. And I like your logo a lot. It's pretty cool. Oh, thank Thanks. you very much. <laughs> the rabbit, suggestive of the rabbit hole, of course, probably, I'm guessing. Yep. Yeah, with a third eye. With the third eye on it. <laughs> oh, now I see it. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so um, I know you guys cover a lot of conspiracies on your guys' podcast, uh, the form, the conspiracy form. Uh, what's some of your favorites that you were you personally are really interested in and and really puzzle your brain? You know. <laughs> I really, I really got pretty well versed in geopolitical and domestic policy stuff, and and really got heavily into that. And you know, we got into things have gotten so crazy politically, um, you know, where that that's something that we have to discuss. You know, there's so much corruption and so much bullshit going on, and and uh, you know, like what was it? Alice Cooper said that the uh, politics is the entertainment side of the military-industrial complex, right? Um, but, but things have gotten so ugly that, um, you know, I prefer to do the ancient civilizations, the, you know, the Sumerian Kings list stuff and learn about that because I, I'm not deeply versed, um, in a lot of that subject matter, um, just because of so much time to spend on geopolitical and domestic policy. So I actually love listening to experts in, in, you know, the, the UFO realm and, and, uh, you know, all ancient civilizations and everything. It's, it's, uh, pretty cool. How uh, how did you feel about when they were going to storm Area 51? Were you pumped about that, or did you know it wasn't going to go through? I mean, you know, I initially just thought and still think a, a good portion of that was, you know, started by, you know, the CIA to see what lunatics would show up and just take pictures and get names and shit, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, I mean, if if you've got to be pretty deranged and off the reservation <laughs> to storm that level of a military installation with a BB gun or a slingshot. Yep. Saying, hey, me and, me and, me and 7,000 of my um, unarmed friends are going to just like storm this military compound. 
Um, I mean, they, they, I mean, you tell me, had that actually happened, the Apache helicopters unleashing hell on those people or whatever. Oh man. I, I, they, you know, you really, you ha- you have no choice, right? Yep. Even though they're unarmed, there's so many of them, they're storming, they're climbing, the climbing the fence, doing whatever. You got to fucking shoot them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And that, it <laughs> so, would have been crazy. You know, it's, and, and none of the guys that were probably would have felt bad at all. So these guys are fucking lunatics. Shoot them. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think that was going to play out. It's just there's not enough common sense behind that, and there's just it's not going to pan out well no matter what. And, you know, ultimately, ultimately what that turned out to be was an excuse for a bunch of uh, fucking hipsters or whatever they were to go out in the desert to eat peyote <laughs> and smoke some dope. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Pat, yeah. uh, when we had uh, John Hackleman on, we, we brought up the subject of the fact that we think the UFC should, since there's not a true um, MMA Hall of Fame yet, there's... Basically, the UFC is leading the pack with that. It was awesome that they finally inducted you as a fighter. But we both, John Hackleman and us, both we all agree that it would be awesome to have a coach's addition, too. And you, you would definitely be number one in that aspect, too. Be honored in that aspect. Do you agree with that, too, or without? Um, you know, from my standpoint is I, I, the first Hall of Fame I went into was the Dan Gable National Wrestling um Hall of Fame, and uh, you know, to me, to sit to sit next to Dan Gable at dinner and hang out with my childhood idol, and uh, and get that honor, you know, it, it, I mean, it's hard to top that. You know, Dan Gable's the the number one influencer in my work ethic in my life, and uh, I read every book that was about him. I I read every article. I watched every documentary. You know. And, uh, so there was I, any hall of fame after that. I just, and I would, and I said it openly, even before I was in the UFC hall of fame, you know, because people would ask me if I'm going to do that, do I think that I would ever be inducted into it? And I said, honestly, man, I'm in the Dan Gable national wrestling hall of fame. I, do I really care? <laughs> you know, That's so, very valid I, point. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's cool, man. It is. It, it's cool. But, um, you know, to me, Back in those days, we were very passionate about what we were doing, and at the same time, trying to pay our bills. We were all very hungry, and uh, it was an amazing time to be alive. I mean, the Wild West days of of mixed mixed martial arts, and and uh, you know, seeing the technicians come in that were incredible wrestlers, incredible strikers, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was it was really it was a very cool time. Yeah, for sure. And the guy's got a a grip named after him, so you know he's. A legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Gable grip is a big deal in jujitsu and wrestling, and well, imagine, kind of grappling being, art. imagine, imagine being a good enough wrestler that the best wrestlers in the world didn't score a single point on you the entire tournament. You know, that's that's unheard of. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, th- that's ridiculously awesome. Yeah, are you still? Um, oh, you're good. Are you still actively training fighters at the military system fighting system? No, no, I sold my my, my uh, business and my my real estate, the commercial real estate that it was in. Uh, well, it's been several years. Um, reached all my. Oh, I didn't goals. realize that. What's that? I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Oh yeah, no. Tr- if I was still coaching, I'd still have a lot of fighters in the UFC. Trust me. 
yeah. but uh, I reached all my goals as a coach, and um, so that's yeah, that's been gosh years um, that I haven't haven't really. I've I've helped a few fighters here and there, um, work with law enforcement and military, and uh, do the do the broadcasting and hosting my podcast and some other business ventures that I'm working on and stuff. But uh, but yeah, the coaching I wasn't going to see my kids. I just wasn't going to see them. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that's a very just, time consuming. Uh, yeah, it was, and you know, as much as as much as I was committed to it, um, you know, I was either going to do it all out or not at all. You know, so that's that's kind of the, just the way I had to do it. So, right, can't half-ass mixed martial arts coaching because you get hurt, uh, get people hurt. Yeah, for sure. You had some some great fighters come out of that camp when you guys were kicking too. I, I lived out in that area for a little while in the Quad Cities. My wife is actually from that area, and her parents still live in Bettendorf. Okay, great. Yeah, got that connection. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, very familiar with the Quad Cities. Yeah. So not changing gears or anything, but I'm going to change gears. Um, did you guys hear what uh, Chucky Schumer said about the Supreme Court justices today? No. Oh. Educate us. They basically uh, talking, referring to their uh, potential uh, Roe versus Wade uh, overturn or um, on uh, right to uh, abortion. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it one way or the other. Uh, considering what Schumer said, you know, and, and said uh, that uh, they better not basically you know, paraphrasing, they better not do what he thinks they're going to do or they're going to pay the price. Um, and talk about you will on you, you will unleash you will unleash the masses on you and all this other shit. Just uh, very threatening language from a from a, a senior politician towards Supreme Court justices, man, you, you know, in, in a couple different nations, I believe in Brazil also, uh, or was it Colombia, um, their Supreme Court justices were, uh, several of them were massacred in their chambers. Uh, gunmen went in and, um, shot them. So, you know, you can't, you, you can't as a politician say shit like that, um, without inciting the loonies, um, who feel they have the right to abortion and feel militarily uh, militant about it. Uh, it's a very dangerous language to be using. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's very, very odd times we're living in, man, when, you know, politicians are getting shot on the softball diamond by lunatics and, and politicians are threatening Supreme Court justices and shit. That's, we're getting to a pretty serious uh, teeter-totter situation, I think. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Not serious. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. dark world we live in. <laughs> You know, think about this. If we were like Antifa on the conservative side, at least I'm speaking for myself, um, I'm more leaning toward the, you know, hey, what's the Constitution say on that, you know, type of person. But, you know, if, if the constitutionalists who are uh, gun owners were to say, uh, you know, use the hashtag uh, no perp walks, no peace, how would that go over uh, with people? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When, when you've what got, is that no purple no peace i'm not familiar with that because i just invented it (laughs) (laughs) okay that would explain why i don't know know, (laughs) no you know the no the no justice no peace stuff that was being used by the liberal sides on you know whether it was police officers or this or that that you know they felt unjustly shot someone you know um whether they didn't you know they were they were using the no justice no peace uh hashtag and then you know turning cars over and lighting shit on fire so um you know, like I said, if if we use that 
that type of language and said, no perp walks, meaning the people that conducted the silent coup against Donald Trump and the Ill illegal spying and everything else, meaning Brennan, Clapper, uh, Comey, um, you know, Clinton, um, all of these, all these people, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, uh, bringing in the, uh, the Iwan brothers from Pakistan, the IT guys that spied on Congress, you know, all of this, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> all of this stuff, <coughs> you know, <coughs> if not one of those people get perp walked, <coughs> citizens have a reason to be very alarmed, <coughs> very concerned because, they're not living by the same rules we are by any means at that point. Yeah. What, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is your What is your take on the coronavirus? I think you guys have an episode on it. Uh, I haven't got to that one yet. <laughs> well, from from our from our in-house scientist, who is a um, a guy who's who's pretty well versed in a lot of this this stuff, is uh, said. George part George Pardos is his name, by the way. Um, you know, he said, you know, because I asked him point blank, was this, you know, is COVID nineteen, which is the name for the strain of coronavirus, right. is COVID nineteen lab created? Yes, um, and we know that because it targets a certain gene pool, or or there's a certain gene pool that's much more susceptible to this strain called COVID-19, which is those who don't have the Neanderthal gene, and I think, if I remember, is N1B1. Uh, I might be wrong. I'm not a scientist. But um, so people can look that up, and, and there's a lot of, of misdirection on, on Google on this sort of stuff, but um, this, there's a certain group of people that seem to be dying more, and uh, that's all I'm saying. So anyway, um, I think that you know, I'm going to trust because I suspected – uh, after looking it up before Google hit it, uh, when this thing first started, when I got I, I got horribly sick over a month ago, I had what I thought was a horrible pneumonia, which it probably was, but I shook violently from it. And I, I saw videos of people in China in hospital beds shaking violently. And I was in my basement, dude. I was quarantined in my basement. My lungs sounded like two bowls of soup with air going through the soup um, when I'd try to breathe. And this was... Damn good good two weeks almost where i was i was hurting bad and uh for a couple of nights i shook violently and uh so i i went man did i actually contract that um was somebody at the casino i was at on the west coast did i get it you know what i'm saying so uh, no, there's no way to tell now but um uh, it was it, it felt pretty severe to me but anyway um i think it i think our scientist is right i think it's a lab created um virus and that strain is, is attacking a certain certain group of the population and killing them but um, at the same time we did a show with Diliana Gatanshaiva the Bulgarian um, reporter who if if you remember right was the one that exposed uh, western governments and uh, western weapons in ISIS stashes um, all over in Syria and they filmed it her and her crew filmed it she got fired for that by the way and uh, when she went to check on where the weapons were coming from later on after the, after uh, Arsenal Weapons Manufacturing in Bulgaria apparently stopped shipping stuff. It had to come from somewhere else, and that was apparently in Serbia. So when she, she was looking for documents on that, those weapon shipments, she stumbled across the documents that talked about, I think it was 25 bioweapon chemical and bioweapon uh, laboratories that we had that encircled Eurasia. 
And in those documents, it said that we had perfected the ability to create viruses that would attack specific DNA. That was over a year ago. Um, and then this virus outbreak, I initially thought, and there could be a lot of scenarios. And if you're not open to a lot of the scenarios, um, you're fooling yourself. You know, that I tell people, uh, people can say we wear tinfoil hats or not, but look, was this released on purpose into China to destroy their economy? Is it being used as an excuse, a bigger picture by the democratic party, um, to, uh, to implode the stock market and get rid of Trump? You know, this, it's, if, if that's what they did, it's brilliant. I don't give them that many brain cells, to be honest with you. Um, but I wouldn't doubt it, you know, that uh, somebody in the intelligence community may be uh, working with them and, you know, within that power structure. So I don't know. Is it is it to get rid of um, physical currency and go straight to digital only to control us even more? You know, there's a lot of scenarios that people aren't considering. Um, it's not just something that appeared out of nowhere from eating fucking bat soup and now a bunch of people are getting <laughs> sick and our fucking stock market is, is potentially going to collapse because of it, right? So, you know, and at the same time financially, globally, I look at Deutsche Bank that's been uh, in death throes for quite some time now. If you look at its five-year stock uh, valuation, it looks like a, a stairs going into the cellar and uh, straight straight down into the, into the gutter. So, um, you know, they, their CEO has even made statements saying that there are no more bailouts for the, for the Federal Reserve or the European Central Bank. There's no more QE options, meaning uh, when the stock market collapses this time, monetary systems are in deep, deep, deep shit. And, and uh, I hope you know how to hunt and fish. Yeah. Mm, stocking up on rations. But you guys, you guys understand, when I, when I go through all of those scenarios, and you guys have probably thought of them also, um, but that's, that's the kind of stuff that we have to think, we have to think like a criminal to, to figure out what these assholes are doing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would have made a great, uh, police detective just cause I don't have that much trouble thinking like a criminal, which is kind of scary actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. So what, um, what's your thoughts on, um, project Bluebeam? Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I mean, of course, of course. Um, you know, and you know, there's just. Did you guys see where was it? Was it the UK? I believe it was the UK. Um, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I was I was reading an article where I think it's the UK is releasing 60 years worth of um, basically secret documents on UFOs. Did you guys read that? What was the last thing you said? Secret documents on what? Um, they declassified documents on the last 60 years of British government investigations into UFOs. Oh, wow. Oh, I, I hadn't heard that. I haven't heard yeah. that. Pat, just, yeah. just so, so you know, we're not that sharp. We're kind of, uh, our whole thing is we're just basically idiots with bro science. So most of our guests are the, are the educated ones. <laughs> no, but, but uh, so, you know, I just, I just um, peruse the internet for, for things that catch my eye. And that was, that was certainly one of them. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah. I'm, I wish yeah. the U.S. would do that as well. Well, I think, you know, they have been starting to at least. You know, and uh, my 
my best guesstimation would be that they are uh, slowly conditioning us for for something. I mean, there's a reason that Trump announced Space Force. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's some there's some stuff going down, man. There is some stuff going down. What's your, what's your thoughts on aliens being from another planet? Do you think that's uh, actually? Let me ask you this before we go there. Uh, where are you at with the flat Earth? We just had an episode about that. Are you a flat Earth guy, or are you on the fence, or a glober? I am not. I am not. I'm not a flat earther. I can tell you that. Um, awful, <laughs> awful tough. I mean, they're they, the most intelligent flat earther has an awful tough time justifying it with science, from what I can tell. You know, so yeah. Um, you know, when you've got guys that get out all the survey equipment to prove that there's no curvature, that everything's flat, and they, you know, set up quite distances, you know, good distances apart and um, disprove themselves on a documentary. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah, that was that was painful. Yeah, he made so uh, he... JP, my co-host, very happy. He's definitely not a flat earther. No, I, I don't buy into it either. It's that's that's too far fetched for me. That's I don't know. <laughs> to even to even talk about to even really talk about it is a, such a diversion, you know, from from all the other shit going on, I wouldn't doubt it if, if um, intelligence officials started flat Earth stuff just to just to uh, throw a curveball at everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a very that's a very valid point. It could easily be the case. At no, least, which, at which least one? the ones that did too much acid in college. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre. <clears throat> which uh, which one of the conspiracies do you think is like uh? say the most far-fetched but totally plausible like could could definitely happen god that's a, that's a that's a really that's a tough one that's a tough one i mean yeah. i, that is a tough I you know say for instance they show uh what looks like ancient structures on the surface of mars um and that there was that there was uh you know civilizations there and stuff i i have a tough time believing that um i mean that uh, that had to have happened. Yeah. How long ago before that before that uh, planet was, you know, un, uninhabitable? Right. You know. So but, that's. But you think it's a possibility? Hey, I mean, it could happen. I'm not. Huh? I'm not. Look, I'm not saying that it's not a possibility. I'm just saying that shit's right. pretty unlikely. You know. Right. So, but uh, there's but there's. I apologize. Somebody's. I got to turn my phone off. Um, but. Uh, I mean, it's not impossible, but there are um, a lot of ones that are pretty bizarre that that I'm pretty sure are true, you know, offhand. Let me think. Jeez. Um, I mean, well, I'm again, I'm more along the lines of, you know, the false flag type stuff and things like that, like the Las Vegas shooting where people think where there's a lot of people out there that think I'm crazy for thinking that. You know that sixty-eight-year-old overweight smoker um, was set up, and uh, you know he was, from what I can tell, from from the evidence that he owned two planes, that he owned several houses, he was making a lot of money. The network television on NBC tried to say it. I, I when I heard it, I laughed my ass off, and they said um, apparently he made uh, five million dollars a year playing video poker. I went, you must be smoking crack trying to pass that off as news, you know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, so I think he was flying weapons. I could have been flying dope, uh, kids, uh, whatever. 
who knows what he was flying. Um, uh, but uh, I think he thought he was probably doing an arms deal. Very, very possibly. Um, and was dead before any rounds went down range because um, I've shot automatic weapons before, big automatic weapons like that. And um, a 68-year-old fat, out-of-shape smoker, um, I, <laughs> I don't know how much, I don't know how long he could actually pull the trigger on one of those guns. You know what I'm saying? That shit shakes you up pretty hard. And uh, yeah. so... I just now, uh, and I've, is... I've talked to I've talked to a lot of, of of guys who are former Marines, former Special Forces guys who go, it's pretty unlikely, you know, because these are some big, uh, scrapping, powerful dudes who have shot a lot of rounds downrange in warfare, and they they you know are like unlikely that somebody like that could have sat there and and shot for that long. Yeah, now this is one that I've read into a little bit, and I, I've seen some videos where it shows uh, like different helicopters from different angles, and a lot of video footage where people are pointing at different areas, saying, "Oh, fire's coming from here, and fire's coming from here." Well, I talked to and, uh, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've talked to a couple of ladies um, who were working the concert. They were on the TV production side of things, and uh, they were hiding. Um, in one of the trailers when the shooting started, they got into one of the trailers or under one of them somehow um, because they were working up on the stage out, you know, um, basically uh, um, just taking care of, of the talent, basically, whatever they needed, things like that. And um, They said that they heard uh, gunfire from, from a couple different directions, different uh, loud, different volumes of them and different cadence of them and stuff like that. So, uh, but they said there were definitely more than there was definitely more than one gun going off um, from different locations. Yeah, it looked like completely they, different floors of the building. Yeah, and they the, were uh, a, lot the people, a lot of people. A lot of witnesses. There were a lot of witnesses uh, who died um, in car wrecks and other shit after the fact. Do you remember all that? Mm, no, yeah, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, there's a lot of sketchy stuff with that situation. Both those, but both both those witnesses that I spoke to um, refused to come on my podcast because they were petrified. They were terrified for their lives. Wow. Dang. So that should that should tell you that they they were very very worried. Yeah, the the pictures they had of the actual room that he was supposedly shooting from too, from what I remember looking at uh, looking into it, there was like no cartridges on the ground at all. And if he was firing that many rounds, there'd have been cartridges everywhere. Yeah, that, I didn't. That I didn't, didn't that happen at all. What What I do remember is that a day or two after the shooting, they released a picture of him in his coagulated blood, laying dead on his back uh, in the hotel room. And I instantly said, "Okay, um, name the last time from a crime scene they on network TV put out a picture of a dead dude." Uh, with blood coming out of his nostrils and his ears and uh, laying in a pool of blood um, on his back, you, you, you don't see that, okay? You, you just don't see it. And what they were doing was setting a narrative. They released it on purpose to set a narrative that that guy was the shooter and it was going to end with him, and, and that's where the buck stopped. So um, that, that was a, a very clear indicator to me that, that uh, that's the narrative that they wanted out, and they they were washing their hands of it and getting the, and backing the hell out of it as fast as they could. Yeah. What? Yeah. Go, go ahead, JP. 
Um, I also heard that this guy had a bunch of Tannerite with him, which I didn't think really added up. I, I think he had some at his van and also in that room with him that they, they didn't mention, but you can see it in the evidence photos. Yeah, well, I mean, that probably would have been something where he would have tried to set up Tannerite like containers around, around the crowd or whatever to, to shoot at, but probably security was, was pretty, I don't know, maybe enough to, to where he could just drop a five-gallon bucket of Tannerite wherever he wanted, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like they would have mentioned something like that. They just totally skipped over it, but, you know, the yeah. guys that dig into that kind of thing, they, they see that stuff. Right, right. Yeah. What do you think their, uh, what the goal was with that? Was that gun control agenda, or what do you think was going on there? Well, and I, off, offhand, um, Jeffrey's a lot better about remembering specific names, uh, especially as long after the fact as, as that show has been for, for me right now in my mind. Um, but some of the gentlemen that, that uh, were very high up in the Mandalay Bay MGM corporate group um, also sat on the board of directors for uh, the body scanners that TSA had a contract for. And uh, mm. um, I don't know how many more of those body scanners got sold to arenas and schools and universities and um, convention centers and, and casinos or whatever all around the nation and all around the world from from that shooting, but you know, um, I'm, I'm sure that they made a few sales off of that. So I can't say for sure that that's, you know, um, what might've motivated it. Um, but they were losing the contract, I think, uh, coming up pretty soon to t with TSA. And, uh, I don't know, that's, you know, people have done a lot worse for money, right? Yeah. Uh, now that you say that, I remember, uh, Sam Tripoli bringing that up on his podcast, the tinfoil hat. He, said something about there there's like at least two or three tsa booths that are not being used at every airport if you pay attention and right, it's true right. I, at the denver airport where we're, we're next to the denver airport one of the biggest airports there's a ton of them all the time that are not not being used and that ties into what you're saying right right that's crazy those things i mean I, I get the idea behind it but even if they do scan you and they see something they just wand you anyways and then they let you through <laughs> like i've never had a problem. i've never i've never experienced with it <laughs> experimented right. with it right yeah, that's a good point though i didn't i didn't really take that that angle on it that's that's interesting do you have any um investment in the denver airport conspiracies um, look, I don't discount anything. I mean, um, I don't know if you guys even knew this, but I am a Freemason. Um, so I am, I am, uh, and Eddie Bravo freaked out on his show on the, or on the tinfoil hat. He was sitting next to me when I said, oh yeah, I'm a Freemason. And he, he leaned away from me like I was on fire. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I, look, I, I've had friends that found out I was a Freemason and, you know, oh my God, you got to get out of that. You know, they're satanic and this and that. And I, I just go, listen, dude, um, you know, uh, both my grandpas were Freemasons, both sides of the family. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I remember seeing the square and compass in, in the, the barn, my, my, my grandpa on my mom's side. Um, he never talked about it back in those days. They did not talk about being Freemasons at all. Um, and, uh, it, it is not a secret society. It is a society with secrets. Um, like but what, what drew me to it, besides my grandfather's, whom um, I knew to be uh, 
pretty pretty amazing pillars of society um, was the fact that Freemasons were basically the guys that you know the, their thinking was what what started the French and American revolutions. Um, you know, against the, the 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 abuse, the crown and the royal family were were inflicting upon their citizens, and and the level of of force that they were willing to go to to enforce their bullshit rules. Um, you know, when you got to think back in those days, put your back in, put yourself back in those times, and this is the dawn of of thought where men were saying, "Wait a minute, how is it your family was ordained by God to rule over all of us and keep all the fucking gold?" Right. Like, and that's where it all started with Freemason thought of each man is endowed, you know, endowed by his creator um, with with inalienable rights and that we're all created equal. Uh, Nobody rules over over my ass, you know, Um, and that's that's where the concept of our government and you work for us type thing that they've forgotten about up in up in D.C. apparently. But um, so anyway. The abuse of the crown, the abuse of the church on the citizens, um, that's something that that rang very true for me. And, uh, you know, also uh, Daniel Boone, Travis, um, Davy Crockett, all those guys at the Alamo, those guys were all Freemasons. They knew they were going to die, but they did it. Um, they did it out of principle um, that, that this was this was not not land that was going to be taken um, easily and that we're going to stand up to you. You know what I'm saying? And and so, uh, pretty cool stuff. If you go to the Alamo, have you guys ever taken the tour at the Alamo? I feel like I have, but I I can't remember. I haven't personally. My wife has, but I I definitely want to check it out. If you take a tour, if 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 you take a tour at the Alamo, most likely you will have, um, the guy that gave us a tour, Michael Chavello and I, Michael Chavello, my former broadcast partner at Access TV, was, was he's also a Freemason. And uh, when Good we dude. got there, um, I was listening to the guy talk, and I said, man, I'm telling you, Boone and Travis and, and Crockett and those guys were Freemasons. And he goes, you think so? And I said, they have to be. Listen to the guy talking to us. The guy talking to us talks like a Mason, like he has memorized this whole tour word for word. Uh, verbatim, and that's what, as a Freemason, you have to do. You have to memorize a lot of things uh, to go up for degree work. And uh, so, anyway, um, as we were walking out, it was the it was one of the coolest tours I'd ever had. And uh, as we were walking out, there was a big um, steel plaque on the uh, on the outside of the Alamo wall that said it named the Freemasons, and it had a square and compass on it, and and I said, I knew it. I freaking knew it. So pretty, pretty cool history, though. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I don't know a whole lot about this stuff, so I'm, I'm going to ask some questions, but I don't. I mean, if I'm digging too deep, just shut me down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so in, in today's, I don't know what you call it, Freemasonry, I guess. Do they, do you guys, do you guys meet up? Do you do, do they send you on like missions for like recruitment or things like that? I. I Oh, a whole lot about it. Um, Freemasons free do not recruit. Um, you know, you have to, um, and I, you know, I don't worry if, if people are freak out that I'm a Freemason or anything. There's some people, you know, um, of course, a lot of people in the cat within the Catholic Church have a, a big problem with the Freemasons because the Freemasons overthrew the Church and the Crown in France, right? So there's a there's a long history of of Catholicism uh, despising the Freemasons, so is what it is. But anyway, um, 
within Freemasonry, we don't have 8,000 people that have molested children like the Catholic Church has priests. So they have they have quite an army. Drop of, the of, mic. <laughs> they, have, they have quite an army of pedophiles to back up what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? So, um, but but um, so, but I mean, I was raised Catholic, and uh, I am not a not a I don't I, I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore. I can tell you that. But um, I, uh, you know, it's like people go when they talk about satanic worship and stuff. Yeah, I just go, dude. There's Baptist like ministers in my lodge. You know, so this is this has got nothing to do with with uh, Luciferianism or anything like that. But um, so you know, it's, it is what it is. But anyway, I got off on a tangent there. No, it's interesting stuff. We we definitely want to learn more about it too. Uh, my papa, my mother's uh, dad, was a Freemason as well, and um, a, a very beneficial guy to the to the community. I never got to know him that well, and I always wanted to know more about Freemasonry since I grew up and learned more about it. So I didn't get to ask him any questions. Right, right. I have yeah. a, uh, I have a friend that's a Freemason too, but he won't talk about it much. And he says you can't become a Freemason; you either are or you're not. Is that correct? Or is he just um, messing with? I mean. Um... There are guys that I meet that are not Masons that I know would make good Masons. I don't invite them. I don't ask them. I don't tell them I'm a Mason. Um, if someone were to come to me, um, I mean, now and then I would wear a square and compass ring, um, square and compass lapel on my jacket, whatever, on my uh, a, a pin on my jacket. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I certainly didn't march around saying, hey, I'm a Freemason and we're signing people up because that's not what we do. Um, but if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, how do I become a Mason? I let them know that, uh, you know, they need to petition a lodge. They need to have um, a Freemason sign for them who have known them for a certain amount of time. They have to believe in a creator and uh, they cannot have any felonies on their record. So that's that's the prerequisite um, that you like, believe uh, in a creator. Sounds pretty yeah. <laughs> Believe in a creator. Anyway, so as long as you believe in a creator and... and uh, don't have a felony, um, you're at least eligible. So um, you said you were you were you grew up Catholic and then switched. What at what point did you become a Freemason, or how does that work? What was your calling to it? Forgive me if that's the wrong terminology. Um, what was what was the reason that I did it, or the moment that I did it? Yeah, what what made you become a Freemason, and how did like that whole process without getting too too much in your personal stuff? Well, I, um, again, I, I knew that my, uh, grandfathers were, and I was always interested in it. I always read about it, um, watched documentaries on it and was always intrigued, um, by the history of the Freemasons. And, and, uh, so one day a guy that I really respected, um, who was head of the U S air marshals program, um, he and I were, were friends. He was a former uh, Gunny, a, a Marine Corps uh, gunnery sergeant um, at Quantico, and I met him. I met him out there when I was out there training Marines, and I did some F, uh, work with some FBI guys too. And uh, so I had a lot of respect for him. Uh, anyway, so we were in Cincinnati. I was at a UFC, and and he came, and he's uh, he judges fights, so he was judging the the UFC fights, and um, we were sitting sitting down talking and, and he asked me out of the blue, if I, uh, uh, a question that, um, I, I said, uh, I, I didn't quite understand the question. And then he, 
he re-asked it and said, are you, are you a Mason? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, well, you should look into it. And that was the, that's all he said to me. And so, Brad, you there? Brad. yeah, oh, I'm here. Oh, we lost awesome. the connection to the worst time. <laughs> can you hear me? Cliffhanger. Wait, wait, he might come back. Can you guys hear me? Pat, if you can hear us, uh, we lost you for a second. Hang check, tight. Check, 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 yeah, hang tight. check. Check, 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 check. Trying to get you back here. They're listening to us, man. They shut us down. Check, check. <laughs> it's still recording. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Check. Yep, yep, he's coming back. There, there you are. Hey, there you are. We lost you for a minute. Where'd you guys lose me? Um, he, uh, the guy asked, the judge asked you if you were a Freemason, and then it cut off and left us on a cliffhanger. He, he asked me a question that I did not understand. Um, the, the, the context of the question and, and what the answer was supposed to be. And I, so when I didn't understand it, I said, uh, I, what, what do you mean? And uh, he said, are you a Freemason? I said, no. And he said, well, you should look into it. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. Um, so when I got home, I, I checked into it. I found the lodge here in my hometown. I went down to the lodge. Uh, I looked on their website and found out when their stated meeting was and went down there that night and uh, tried to open the door and it was locked. And I, I knocked on it three times. And... Uh, Ironically, that's something that's very significant within Freemasonry when it comes to a door. And uh, so I accidentally, unbeknownst to me, knocked on the door the correct amount of times. And the gentleman opened the door and looked at me square in the eyes and said, who, who goes there? And I went, uh, my name's Pat, and I'm curious about Freemasonry. And he goes, hold on, close the door. And I waited there for about five more minutes and then Another guy came out and grabbed me, and we went in. We talked a little bit, and uh, they uh, started the process, um, background check, all that sort of stuff, and make sure I wasn't a, a shit bag, and, and then we went from there. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, for anybody that has fear of the Freemasons, and you got you hear that, you got to have a good feeling about the fact that they have standards and morals like that. You're grabbing guys that are honorable people. It can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a stigma. And and, and here's something something that I will say, and I witnessed this firsthand because um, there were some, uh, there's law enforcement guys in my lodge also. And uh, there was a a gentleman that was part of my lodge, a younger guy, and uh, I was looking through a registry, the the, uh, sex offender registry in my area because I have three young girls. And I'm constantly paranoid about that shit. Well, I saw one. Of, I saw a guy in from my lodge in there, and I went, "Wait a minute! You you can't be a felon. You can't be any of this sort of stuff. What's going on?" So what, next time I was down at the lodge, I uh, talked to a couple of the guys, and and by the time I had talked to them, they had also found out, and then ejected him from the lodge. Um, so he was never allowed back uh, to to come in, and. Uh, so that 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 was reassuring um, to to know that. So you know, um, it's not like it's not like Catholic the Catholic Church where they just move you to a different diocese. Yeah, right. That is, that is good. Like they didn't try to give you some kind of excuse. Like no, you know, Jerry's a good guy. Just just don't. don't yeah, think no, about I would have. I would have. 
I, I would have been out the, the minute. But so that's that's just so you guys know that um, that shit is, is absolutely not tolerated, man. Um, anything like that, of course, and it shouldn't be. I mean, I'm a I'm a strong believer in uh, you know my two oldest brothers who are ten and nine years older than me um, committed suicide in their early thirties because um, they were molested as kids by Catholic priests, and uh, that's why our family stopped going to Catholic church. Um, so, you know, they had oh, demons shit. from that. So I'm a, I'm a, trust me, I've got, I've got a, uh, a, a serious problem with, because it does not only damage to that child, it, it destroys entire families and it, it costs people lives. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm adamantly uh, for the death penalty, uh, for people who hurt children. And, um, uh, that's, that's just the way I am. I'm the same way, Pat. Yeah, I, I back you on that. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. I hate more than anything is is perverts like that, and I don't I don't think you can reverse people like that. I don't I don't see the point of keeping them in society. Going to be very 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 evil to. Uh, it's one thing to, you know, it's one thing to catch somebody in bed with your wife and kill the guy. Um, it's another thing to uh, hunt down children and and kidnap them and and rape them and kill them. That's that's uh, that's yeah. that's a very that's a level of sickness that shouldn't be uh, roaming the earth. So, that's where I think agree. Yeah. Even the people like that have committed some pretty crazy crimes, they don't tolerate that stuff in prison. You know, if they exactly if they find out exactly if they find yeah. out they're doing yeah. that, they'll get you. You know, yeah, I love yep. that. <laughs> Rightly so, puts you in general population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pat, just so, so I heard you correctly, you said that was your brothers that that happened to that they committed suicide from that. My two oldest brothers, yes. Yes, they did, Damn. and they were. Yeah, uh, that's rough. Yeah. They were uh, very successful guys. My my oldest brother um, was a millionaire by the time he was twenty three, and wow. my brother Tom was a was a you know, I graduated from the University of Iowa, was a second lieutenant in the Air Force, uh, navigator and pilot on a, a, a refueling ship, a refueling plane, one of the big tankers, um, and then was uh, running a, a company up in Minneapolis. And, uh, so both guys were, were very, very bright guys, very, uh, you know, had their shit together, but, you know, I think the demons just, they could, they couldn't get rid of the demons and, and that's what, uh, what ended up costing them, you know? And so, um, it's, it's, uh, unfortunate, uh, that, that my family had to endure that, but at the same time, it's, it's made me ultimately who I am by, by having gone through all that stuff with, with, uh, my family. Man, that is that's incredible, man. I I can't imagine. I lost my oldest brother to murder in the early nineties, and uh, I still have another brother. I can't imagine losing both brothers like that. That's that's devastating. Is your yeah. parents? Are you the only sibling left, or do you have any no, other no, siblings? No, I've got I've got I've got one other brother and one sister. Um, older okay. brother, and older sister. So I was the youngest of the family, but uh, so yeah, but um, you know, so uh, that's that's why I am pretty adamant about. Um, you know the, the the laws being changed and be, becoming very very harsh for for those folks that do those sort of things. Rightfully so. Oh, that's heavy. Yeah. We'll change the subject. That's that's uh that's hard, man. Yeah. yeah. That's heavy. Let's, let's light let's lighten it up a little bit, shall we? <laughs> yeah. And I got right, I apologize, uh, but I, I got to go in about five or five or ten minutes. I apologize. Okay. Oh no problem. Uh, we'll jump straight to our six questions we ask every guest before the okay. uh, podcast is over. If you get uh, you run out of time, no problem. Just tell me and we'll we'll cut it off. No stress. 
Okay. Uh, uh, if you if you had the power to create one law, what would you create and why? Power to create one law. Hmm. Wow. Oh boy. I mean, it'd have to be have to be death penalty for for uh, for predators, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of thought you were going to say that. <laughs> that was my answer as well. Yeah. And my brother's. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one for sure. That's, that, we already touched on that. We'll jump to the next one. Uh, number two, what three words would you choose to describe yourself? Mm, wow. That's that's extremely difficult, actually. Um, I I don't even know where to begin with that. I, I really don't. I mean, do people have trouble answering that all the time? Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's because it's so personal. It's a hard one to answer. Yeah. I you mean, don't wanna, I would say, I would know. say, I would say passionate, dedicated, um, and uh, hardworking. Perfect. Yeah, those are good. Those are all accurate. Number three, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, that I that I hopefully helped change a lot of people's lives for the better, through whether it was coaching or, um, you know, just being their friend or whatever. Yeah, I think you've done a great job. Everybody that mentions you has the, the highest respect for you and and all that. So that's you've done you've done good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could have a whole roster of fighters that would vouch for you in a second. Yeah. Um, number four. What is something you like that most people don't know about you? I love gardening. gardening. I, love, uh, I love vegetable gardens and flower gardens. There you go. I don't want to uh, detour too much because you're out of, you're out of time, but uh, is that a Freemason thing or is it just a coincidence? Because my, my papa was really big in that as well. I think uh, my great my great uncle, Johnny, Johnny Militich, Johnny Myler Militich, who was on the 32 Olympic boxing team, fought Maxi Rose. And bloomed twice for the light heavyweight world title in boxing. Was uh, lived a life of intensity. Um, he uh, he also uh, loved gardening, and I didn't understand why this old man with a bent nose was always out in the garden and stuff. And uh, now I understand why, because it's it's peaceful. Because we lived a life of you know a lot of intensity, a lot of violence. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it's a way yeah. to unwind. Yeah, it's a way of connecting back to earth too. It's beautiful. Yep. Uh, number five, if you could have any superpower, which would you choose? Hmm. Wow. Probably strength. Strength? Strength. Hulk, Hulk level strength. <laughs> there you to, go. Be, I like that. It'd be, be fun to smash a, a street. <laughs> Pick up a car and throw it at another car. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that? That meme? You ever seen the meme of the guy in uh, Gangs of New York or whatever, uh, where the guy's got the guy picked up by his legs and he's swinging him around to throw him into the other? <laughs> Have you seen that meme? Yeah. Where it says, yeah. where it says, I'm I'm so mad I could hit a motherfucker with another motherfucker. <laughs> That's one of the best. <laughs> yeah. That's good shit. All right, last one, Mr. Pat. Um, number six, if you could know the absolute truth on an, on one conspiracy theory, which would you choose and why? Are the Anunnaki's real? And uh, how that relates to the Sumerian kings list, and did they live for tens of thousands of years? I just, uh, that's that's something that 
you know, the Emerald tablets, all of that stuff. I'm just so uh, into to knowing the truth about that. That's awesome. That, that that's one that you seem to know a lot about. I, I I'd really like to have I really you back don't. and really really dig I into really that don't. one. Um, if you guys you get a chance, get you guys should sit down with notebooks and uh, listen to the translation of the Emerald Tablets and write down the most important. Stop it when you have to, rewind it, whatever, and uh, write down the most important bullet points of it, or edit those parts into your show and then discuss them because it's absolutely mind blowing. Listen to uh, you guys still there. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Listen to uh, our episode with Billy Carson, MIT scientist and propulsion scientist, uh, on uh, the Emerald on the Emerald tablets, and then uh, where he talks about you know Toth being the, the Sumerian king and and uh, the translation of his his uh, Emerald tablets, and and where he lifted off in his his ship. These are thirty two thousand year old tablets. Uh, um, where he lifted off in his ship and could see the, the earth was covered with water. And when he came down in the land of Kim, this is the very, almost the very beginning of the, of the, of the translation comes down into the land of Kim and the people of the land of Kim were attacking his ship. And he opened the, uh, door of his ship and, and, uh, raised his staff to all the people, the land of, uh, Kim, the people, the citizens who were attacking his ship and brought them all to their knees with vibration from his staff. And um, when you think about those tablets being 32,000 years old and that type of language and lifting off from the earth and the earth being covered in water, um, some pretty, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. And then uh, I asked Billy Carson, I said, so is it safe to say that the only way we could have figured out or that we can surmise that they moved those giant stones to build the pyramids was with sound, with vibrations? And he goes, that's what we've pretty much figured out, that that's... That's the only way they could have done it because we don't have equipment that can move that stuff, let alone from the distances it came from. You know, so um, it's it's pretty incredible stuff. So listen to the listen to the Emerald Tablets. Read up more on the Sumerian Kings list, and I mean, I I don't know hardly anything about it to be honest with you. There's so much to learn. Um, but Billy Carson, um, you know, study his stuff. He's he's a brilliant dude, and, and uh, he knows a lot about it. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm definitely going to dig into that one. Yeah, I follow him on social media. He's a very interesting guy. I, I didn't realize you had him on your podcast. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, you guys should try and get him on. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thanks for the homework. We like good homework to look into. <laughs> right. All right, Pat. Well, we'll let you go. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for coming on last minute like this. Uh, it's very special to us, and hopefully we can get you back on sometime soon. No problem, man. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Yes. Yeah.